Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. What does it mean to be a leader at your organization? Does everyone have the same concept? And does that concept include both this people-centric leadership and decision-making and delivering results and improvement? We're going to dive into this topic with today's guest. That's right. Today, we are kicking off our Q4 executive series. And in this series, you will hear from Dave Connor, CFO and COO at Anchor Industries, Kelly Ogunsanya, COO at Stride Community Health Center, and David Pender, Vice President of Operations at SageGlass. We'll take a little break for Thanksgiving. And then after that, we're going to come back to the series and you'll hear from Jasmine Gorey, Vice President of Human Resources at Sunland Logistics Solutions, and Chris Chippendale, who's the Senior Vice President of Northern Operations at Ent Credit Union. So super excited about this Q4 Executive Series. I hope you will tune in. And for today, I'm really thrilled to bring you this conversation with Dave Connor. Now, Dave plays dual roles as both the CFO and the COO at Anchor Industries, which is one of the leading manufacturers in the U.S. for frame and fabric products. Now, you've probably seen one of their high-quality event tents or awnings or canopies or clear span structures or pool covers. You've probably seen one. And if you haven't seen one in person, you might have seen one like on TV or on the news online. Now, here's the thing. I work with Dave and the Anchor Operations Leadership Team. They're a client. I love them. I love partnering with Dave. Um, And I also really love working with the rest of the operations leadership team. What I will tell you is that they are passionate and they give so much to serving their teams and, and serving their customers. So listen, this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, but I highly encourage you to listen all the way through. If you need to come back to it, you can come back to it and pick up where you left off. All right, enough of my preamble. Let's jump in. All right, Dave, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Jamie. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to chat with you today. And we are just going to jump right in to learn a little bit about you and your organization. So starting off, what is a value mantra principle quote, something that you feel really embodies your beliefs about leadership? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting starting with that question, <laughs> because uh, I find it actually a really difficult question. I think uh, I've been doing this leadership thing for you know, 35, 40 years in different avenues with different teams and different types and structures of teams. And uh, I keep learning new things about how to how to lead. So I think the way I would have answered that five years ago is different than 10 years and might be different than tomorrow. So if uh, I guess if there was one thing, then I would say having a, uh, a servant heart toward people because you have to you have to grab the hearts and minds and souls of of people to get them to to want to engage and and do something different for the organization so 
um, some aspect of that that servant leadership where you help people gain purpose, you know, the purpose in their life here at Anchor. And, and I think that carries on to purpose in their life beyond Anchor. Yeah. yeah. So good. Especially just thinking about like what's in my heart. So it's not just about actions and things I do, but like right. where am I coming from? What, you know, what's, who am I really? And what am I, what am I really here for? Right. Early on in my career, I know it would have been much more focused on just get the job done get the job done. <laughs> as long as you get to the job, get that finished, uh, that finished mark, then you are successful. But I, I think it's much, much bigger than that. Yeah. If you're going to sustain, especially. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um, just learn a little bit about your organization. Um, who does your organization serve and how do you create value? Okay. So uh, I work for Anchor Industries. So we are the leading tent manufacturer in North America. So we make uh, big tents, not camp tents, but but tents for backyard weddings or corporate events or PGA tournaments. You might see our tents out on the 18th green uh, of, of a PGA tournament kind of thing. Uh, so larger tents. We also deal in fire shelters for for uh, uh, firemen and firewomen that are out uh, fighting all these fires out in, on the West Coast right now. So that it's actually a blanket. So they're all fabric products. It's a blanket that a fire person would put over the top of them if the wind shifts kind of thing. Uh, and then we make pull covers. We make a few thousand pull covers in pull cover season, and they're all custom pull covers. So we make cool products. They, they uh, save the life of a little kid who walks out onto the pool cover. So it's a safety pool cover. It saves the life of, a, of someone fighting a fire in Oregon or California if they need to crawl underneath this blanket or just creates lots of great moments. If it's a tent, you know, for a, a wedding or, you know, they're just they're happy moments in, in people's lives. So I think we we have an enormous amount of purpose in all the products and our challenge is just to always make sure that all our team members feel that same purpose but that's that's who anchor industries is yes i love it i love when i have guests on who talk about the impact and the purpose and it's just so much fun to see that connection yeah yeah all right well you at anchor um have um are a lean thinking or lean thinking leader and lean thinking organization so let's start there um Talk to me about kind of why lean. What is the the role improvement thinking plays in your organizational strategy? Yeah, so um, so lean has been part of our culture for about twelve years. Um, it's it's one of those things where uh, anchor, you know, let's just let's just take the tent world as an example. In the the sixties, seventies, eighties, uh, you know, anchor was the tent industry. I mean, we created. A lot of the products that that was, you know, we were the largest and this idea of a vinyl tent uh, for a corporate event or again, a backyard wedding or whatever, using material like that to, to create a tent. Now, tents obviously go back to time of Moses, <laughs> but, um, uh, but we were the leader in North America. But as it happens to all leaders, whether you're Henry Ford and the Model T, uh, or you're the the number one tent manufacturer. You can you can get soft, 
And I think Anchor was a company that was losing some market share. We went from having three or four competitors to having, if you go to a trade show now, you might have 35 competitors mm-hmm. from around the, the world. And so our ability, and, and we did from the smallest tent uh, up to something that could be, you know, three football fields long, you know, like uh, down at the border right now is an example of the, the immigrants that are coming up there. A lot of those tents might be anchor tents. So they just wide variety of purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, uh, with that, you, you, when you do such a wide variety of things, you've got competitors that are going into different segments of those markets and they're trying to knock you off. And, and Anchor got fat and soft. And, and uh, over the course of time, what we've realized is that we've got to sharpen ourselves big time. And we went out searching, you know, 12, 15 years ago, what are the, the current methodologies that are happening in the manufacturing community that are bringing about more competitive, dynamic workplaces? And uh, came across lean and lean thinking and, mm-hmm. and started doing book clubs and, and things. But anyway, that was the start of the journey. It was the, the only thing that, that we saw as having fundamental, sustainable we want to move the organization forward, make it more competitive. You have to have lean thinking to to be able to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you know, 12 years into this and you're firmly in that belief now still. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's It's been quite the transition from book club with senior leadership to uh, to driving it, having some success, you know, going from, uh, you know, freeing up millions of dollars of inventory, just some of the basic things mm-hmm. that you can get from a lean journey up front. Um, I can remember still a few years ago where where supervisors on the floor thought, you know, anchors going out of business because all of a sudden, instead of millions of dollars of whip, you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of work in process because you're flowing your material so much more efficiently and effectively through the plant. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a major evolution of, of getting more and more people thinking, lean thinking. Yeah. Okay. So you um, have been practicing this, practicing this way of thinking for a while, kind of getting better, doing, going into different ways. You've had some results and impacts and um, positive changes, um, but it seemed like, you know, to achieve where you were wanting to go, like that true North vision, that there was still a little something missing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it's uh, probably been the biggest frustration in, in for my own personal journey, like we talked about at the beginning about what's leadership mean. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think figuring out how to make it sustainable, how to make your, your journey sustainable. You know, you have different pockets of success. You have different leaders that, that kind of touch it and feel it and smell it and taste it. Mm-hmm. But... To, to be able to expand that and to duplicate that throughout your plant, because that's what's going to make you, you know, really game changer kind of stuff. And so we even did uh, back in 2016, we did like a two day training. Was, this is just an example. We did a two day training where we put 40 or 50 leaders through, you know, all the key principles of lean and how to think about problem solving and, and continuous improvement in general. But when you don't have ways of feeding them 
with what happens after the two days, you know, mm-hmm. what happens with the next problem they have and the next fire they've got to put out on the floor. Uh, and we, we just didn't have sustainable ways of teaching people. And so um, uh, when, when we went to AME in Chicago um, in that kind of frustration time period, <laughs> um, thinking 2019, you know, again, we'd done this 2016, we had created, uh, we've put more around this, what we call our anchor performance system mm-hmm. of, of improvement, but we just didn't have a way of, of again, sustaining and, and duplicating that learning and that knowledge. So we went to AME with a, a real specific target of saying, can we find somebody that can help us um, take our key leadership at all levels, first level, second level, third level at anchor, and try to uh, teach them about the principles of lean in ways that make those principles stick so that they mm-hmm. can apply them in their day-to-day interaction. Okay. So you're thinking about, so, okay, I need to develop leaders, right? Here's, here's where leaders are going to be the key. You're, yep. you're right there, the linchpin of being able to really have that sustainable long-term success that continues on and on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and needed to find that. And I know this isn't uh this isn't podcast, isn't a commercial for, for Jamie Parker, but, but um, we needed someone, which is what you've been doing with us over the, the last couple of years. We needed somebody that could come in, understand our business understand how we apply because anybody that's been in the lean journey realizes that how you make a tent is different than how you make a pool cover is different how you make a fire shelter an awning or 5,000 other Mm -hmm. industries it's it's just not cookie cutter kind of thing so we needed somebody that could come in learn our business learn how we think about things like safety quality delivery productivity or cost and and apply that into uh, a teaching curriculum that can then help people engage in the journey of what we're trying to to do at Anchor and then sustain it, which again is the absolute key to all this is you've got to figure out how to sustain the, the improvements that you make. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit then about leadership um, at Anchor. Because uh, here you've got, you've identified, you know, all of these leaders who are really critical and being able for them to become lean thinkers. And one of the things I think we also discovered is that there's also that people component <laughs> of, you know, respect for people in lean thinking. And I know that you um, have your anchor leader mindset, which is really the foundation where you've defined this is what it means to be a leader and anchor. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anchor leader mindset. It's, it came out of that same AME conference in Chicago. And I think it's as game changer as we have, have done here at Anchor. Um, and it's interesting because when, when I reflect on the whole journey of the last 12 years, what we didn't have was a consistent message to what we even wanted leadership to be. How did we want them to think about why they're a leader at Anchor? And what did what was their mindset that they needed to have? And so it was interesting. It was our VP of manufacturing, our VP of engineering, our CEO, myself, after one of the sessions, um, going to 
another hotel down the street and over a couple couple drinks kind of thing with a napkin started kind of, you know, what is it we're trying to create at Anchor? What does a leader need to look like? So anyway, the shorter story is we came up with three layers of leadership and there's a top and a bottom and then sandwiched in between that is is getting the job done. And the top is that that you have to be someone who wants to have a servant heart. You, you just have to care about people. You have to, people are, are only going to follow you if they feel like, like you're someone who cares about them as an as a individual and person. So at the top layer, it's having that servant leadership heart. And at the bottom layer, it's it's that we, we have what we call our foundational values is, is reach, R-E-A-C-H. So those four um, letters stand for respect, engage, achieve through learning. You have to want to learn, 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 uh, courage, and humility. And it's easy to have the fluffy words. I really believe we make them meaningful. We teach them. We talk about them in orientation. We're constantly communicating them. And so if you're going to have a successful lean journey and you're going to create a competitive, long-term sustaining organization in our mind, you have that servant leadership who at the bottom has that ability to demonstrate reach because it's only when you demonstrate can you have other people follow you and do the same to the people that they are leading. And so if you have those two components of the top and the bottom, then in the middle of that, we call this the middle layer lead with purpose. And, and you have to understand lead with purpose is, is the most critical, but it can only happen if you have the top and the bottom layer. But the lead with purpose is what are you doing with your department? What are you doing with your production line? What are you doing with your quality systems if you're in charge of quality? You have to understand your current state. At Anchor, we call that point A. People get tired of of me talking about what is your point A and what's your point B, but your current state is your point A, and then you have to have a vision for point B, whether it's improvements in quality or delivery or productivity or safety, whatever it is, you have to have a vision of what that department looks like, whether it's six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, what is your point B? And when you have that point B in your mind, when you get up and come into work every day, you know this is your point A, you have a vision for point B, you'll make different decisions because you are constantly thinking about how I get to point B. But I can't do it if I don't know how to engage people. Mm-hmm. And so those three layers is what we call the anchor leader mindset. And you're only going to be successful at anchor if you have the desire to learn what all three of those layers mean. And again, that's been part of the missing piece is having the ability to train our people, to teach our people what those three mean, and to, to be able to, to teach them how to lead with purpose. So mm-hmm. that's that's the journey that we're in the middle of right now. Yeah, I think there was, I'm not sure when the timing was, but there was a point where all of that connected for me in, in working with you and your team. You know, yeah. we had started off with a lot of the kind of foundational leadership pieces with, you know, leading with reach and, and people interactions and some things that we needed to really make sure were there. Um, and then this kind of then really adding in this element of lead with purpose and how am I improving um, when we combine, like there was a, a point at which this all really um, 
you know, worked for me. I'm like, okay, we yes. can do this. I re- I remember the meeting it was. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly the specifics of what we were talking about, but I could tell the meeting that that clicked for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So why do so I I believe in the value of all all three of these working together. Why do you think it's so important that all three of these are are achieved? And particularly, you know, if we if let's say we do have the servant's heart, but you know, everyone in leadership has that, but adding both of those pieces of um, leading with reach and then leading with purpose, which is where we're going to achieve our um, performance for our clients. Why do we need, we really have to have both of those? How do those work together to, to have transformation? It kind of comes back to your first question about leadership and, and just, I guess, my evolution over the lifetime of, of learning about leadership is, is one without the other. It just doesn't work. And, and people take a lot of hard knocks until they learn that. But you can have the greatest servant heart and you can care so much for people. And that's all great. And it's wonderful. But if it doesn't create a successful company that keeps those people employed and keeps the people reporting to them employed and growing, mm-hmm. and then, then you've had a servant heart and you haven't accomplished. And the same can be true if you're just about leading with purpose. And yes, you can get some things done in the short term because you're just a hard, you know what, (laughs) that knows how to drive change. You're not going to sustain it. And so if you don't capture the heart, mind, and soul of people, and then have a vision for point B of where you're trying to go, if you don't combine those things together, you, you won't have success. But when you do, what we've seen here is powerful things, you know, doubling productivity, which means doubling output per person, you know, cutting in half the, the number of quality issues. And you have to continue to learn to fail, learn from it and, and keep going. Like we've had great success in our frame shop. We've seen productivity go up, you know, 50% in our frame shop. But at the same time, our quality went backwards because we still didn't have enough of the quality systems in place. And so you build on that. You fail some. You see that, you know, your productivity got a lot better. Your output per person got a lot better. But your quality systems still needed a lot of work. And right now we're putting in place, you know, much, much better quality systems. So you just have to keep keep that journey going. But it doesn't happen if all three of those pieces aren't part of the puzzle. Yeah. And that's what then makes us so, so critical. <laughs> Got to spend the time and energy. Cause I, I know you do invest a lot of time in your leaders and, you know, you have frontline leaders coming off the floor um, for development and then in on the floor for practice, all of that. Yes. Been a huge, that's been a huge challenge of this past year, mm-hmm. you know, is, is this COVID year and, and being so busy because you know, we went from you know, plummeting 50% because we're a party event industry. Well, events stopped, right? But then all of a sudden we became an industry that was was taking care of drive-through clinics and temporary hospitals and and, and tents on the border and, and all these other purposes that were, were still, you know, wonderful uh, purposes for what we do. But um, the challenge has been, but I think we've done pretty good at, staying focused on the development of people. It'd been so easy to say, let's let's stop and we'll pick this up in 2022 when things settle down. But what you find is when you push people 
into this development process at a time when things are as crazy as they've been for Anchor this past year, where you know we've doubled the size of our company, kind of thing. When when that happens, now you really get to see, you know, the people that want to develop, that want to grow, that want to learn, and those that are just you know it's just not the right place for them, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, Gary Peterson was on recently and he was talking about, you know, even at, at OC Tanner, right, where, you know, he, they've had just tremendous success for decades. And he said that when, um, you know, kind of the pandemic started and you get into that, uh-oh, we're sending people home, that the first thing that happened is people stopped doing the meetings and the CI work. And he had, to, he, he was shocked. He's like, whoa, he had, to, he had to course correct that, you know, just, and we talked about the ideas of like in crisis or in difficult times or in high emotion times, that's when we need to really double down on our lean thinking from a process standpoint and our, um, you know, human-centered leadership from, you know, a, a people standpoint. We've got to have that. And those are the times that it's hardest to do. Like, it's hard <laughs> to do it and make that commitment at that time. It's so important. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so then let me just ask you then, do, is that looking back over the last 12 months, do you think that, you know, like, Hey, we're plummeting and then we're growing, we've got tremendous demand. Is that what you consider, you know, kind of one of those biggest leadership challenges or is there something else you would say? No, that for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the biggest challenges I think in my lifetime of, of leadership was mm-hmm. what we've experienced this past year. And it's, it, and again, it's the, it's the emotional people-centered piece of that mm-hmm. that that also you know got tightly woven into a major demand that was put on this company and those same people, and so our leadership um, our leadership techniques had to change our our ability to communicate uh, at a rapid pace. Um, as, as you know, and, and the whole world knows if you have 300 people, there's 300 opinions about, about, uh, how to handle the COVID, you know, from a, you know, just from an operational standpoint, you know, the, the mask and the six foot distancing and the shields and, you know, all those kind of things. And, um, and so you not only had all the emotions of, of that, but you had this tremendous demand that you had to, to get out the door. So yeah, that that by far I think has been the challenge. But I think we adopted different methodologies to to help get us through all of that. Anything that you'd say is a lesson learned or something either that went well or that you learned through that process that you know you're taking with you moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, communication being more consistent. Mm-hmm. It's funny, uh, and you and I've talked about this. You know, for 35, 40 years, I've been leading teams and and. I wasn't as consistent about like daily meetings. Like we have a, you know, COVID pushed us and maybe a combination of, of working with you and the, the, the tremendous stress of COVID. But um, the daily meeting that we do as an ops team where you got your, you know, top 12, 14 leaders that every single morning you're talking about all these things. And, you know, one morning it might be focused on, you know, issues with, team members that you need in different lines and the next on on what's the latest uh, CDC guidelines and you know but just that daily interaction so I'd say as a total team the daily interaction and then I think all of us as leaders have gotten better with one-on-one communication 
um, something again that I just didn't practice as well as I should have in my lifetime is monthly one-on-ones. You know, it could be by bi-monthly, bi-weekly, whatever it is. But for my, me and my team, it's it's monthly one-on-ones. And again, when you're going through so much change, that mm-hmm. that's been a real effective tool at just staying connected, both interpersonally and on what your vision be or what's your, you know, what's, what's that point B look like for you yes. and where you're trying to take your team. So, so that's all been, been good lessons learned. Yeah. It's so, so funny. Cause I mean, you're over a year into these daily operations, daily production meetings. Um, right. So here you are a year later and I, to me, I just, the team, the team dynamic and working, the collaboration that was built primarily through, you know, through those and through some other things as well. But like, I just, I don't see you stopping those. No, no (laughs) way. No way. It's only if one of our value stream leaders that has a joke of the day that he, (laughs) it's only if he (laughs) runs out, would we stop? (laughs) And that's part of it too, is you got to bring a little, uh, you know, there's just so much stress on an organization when you're trying to accomplish what you are. Yeah. But we uh, we end every meeting with a joke of the day and the same guy delivers it almost every day. And it's it's amazing <laughs> what comes from such a simple thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then looking forward to the, you know, the next year or so, um, what do you think are the leadership opportunities that you expect, you know, manufacturing organizations are going to face or like those, those big fears or maybe points of nervousness? What, what do you think you've got to look out for moving forward? Yeah. Maybe my mind is just too COVID focused, but I I think it's COVID, COVID, COVID. I I think so all, all of our industries are just so impacted by that. The supply chain, trying to figure out, um, how to get the raw materials you need, but but with all this, I, I don't think this roller coaster rides over. You know, companies that have doubled might be doubled for another year, or they might be cut in half. Right once once you get through it and things stabilize a little bit, but but leadership teams having the ability to react to whatever's thrown at them as it relates to COVID supply chain world and demand world that's pretty mixed up right now. I think that's going to be, that's going to be our biggest challenges. Yeah. And, and hence the thing, whether, you know, whatever way it is, it's that need for organizational agility, which to have, you have to have those lean thinking and leaders who can lead people and think in that way. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And as we get better at leading with purpose, Mm -hmm. um, our ability to be an agile organization is, I mean, it's so much better today than it was two years ago, than it was five years ago, because we're all talking the same language. You know, when we talk about what's happening and, you know, you got 25 production lines, but when you're all talking the same language, you can, you're so much more flexible about take this line up, bring this line down, you know, look out the next four to six weeks, what's going on with demand. You're just talking the same language and, and that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. So what words of encouragement or advice would you leave our listeners with? I think uh, I'll, I'll just say, what advice do I give myself? So the advice that I constantly give myself is keep looking in the mirror, mm-hmm. keep, uh, keep self-reflecting on uh, what's working, what's not working. Um, be willing to um, to adjust when you need to adjust. 
stay positive through a pretty wacky world that's going on in manufacturing right now and stay true to the principles. And if you stay true to the principles, you're going to have, you know, good things are going to happen. Dave, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. It's always a pleasure. Jamie, it's been a huge pleasure for me. Take care. I've got some important stuff to share that I think you're going to want to hear. But first, for your next step, reflect on this episode and write down your one key takeaway. You know that one thing you don't want to let slip slip by you, right? It's that one thing you don't want to get too busy and forget. So what is that? Write it down and then share it. You could share it with your team. You could share it with your leader. You could share it with um, a colleague or friend. Or you can also share it on LinkedIn. Just remember to tag me at Jamie V. Parker. And of course, you can connect with Dave and learn more about Anchor Industries at our show notes, processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. All right, so let's talk about this episode for just a minute. There was a ton here and, and it was all like backed in. It was awesome and I loved it. But you could not see this because you're, of course, listening to a podcast. So you couldn't see what was happening. But when Dave and I were talking about the time when kind of the anchor leader mindset all like clicked for me, you couldn't see him. But what, what he was doing, he was laughing, right? He was chuckling. And it's because it tr- it was it's true. There really was this point. And, you know, at the beginning, when we start, first started working together, um, you know, this anchor leader mindset was brand new for them. They were just starting to, um, you know, like talk about it and share it and get feedback on it and adjust it. And so it was still kind of this, um, this new thing. And for me, when I would integrate this, because I always integrated it, but when I would integrate it into the work we were doing with uh, people, leadership development and culture and that kind of thing, um, I would often talk about it in pieces. So I would take one of the layers that you heard Dave talk about it and take the one that was most relevant to what we were talking about and, and kind of reference back to it. Um, and when I did say, remember, this is the anger leader mindset, I would often like reorder them. <laughs> so I would talk about the servant's heart. And then I would talk about leading with reach. Um, and then I would talk about lead with purpose last and lead with purpose ended up at the bottom. <laughs> and so to me, that was like, oh, yeah, of course, that makes so much more sense. That's the way it flows. But I didn't have that whole sandwich analogy, this whole layers, and then this part in between, and I need the top and the bottom layer in order to accomplish it, right? That just wasn't part of of my understanding yet. And I also was kind of thinking like, my initial reaction was lead with purpose um, was more like, you know, alignment and organizational purpose and um, connection and rah, rah, right? And not so much the SQDP execution to that point of really the execution, the performance and the progression part. So once I really understood lead with purpose and what it was really about. And it wasn't just like, I didn't let the word purpose derail me. Instead, I got, you know, really focused on what does lead with purpose really mean to Dave and the leadership team at Anchor. And then, you know, kind of this analogy, um, then I was able to really better use it as a core of how we develop leaders at Anchor, right? And so this is actually one of the reasons why um, I do so much work with organizations who are practicing lean continuous improvement in you know, a lot of times my leadership development work is is a better fit for organizations than the off the shelf 
generic leadership program. And those are all great, right? I love all the, you know, like the different <laughs> off the shelf leadership programs that are kind of typically generic. They go across a lots of industries and lots of different organizations and from small sizes to big enterprises and all the things. And they're like, oh, here's this leadership at a big umbrella. And, you know, I, I have studied those and learned from those and, and, um, taken those and adjusted based off of my real world experience running operations and running leadership development and running continuous improvement. Um, but I, I, what the work I do is integrating your lean strategy, right? So integrating leadership development with your lean strategy, with your improvement thinking, with the type of work that we, that Dave talked about here with his anchor leader mindset. And so a lot of times, you know, I can actually come in and help, um, make leadership development, not this thing that's this extra, but it actually really gets integrated in and it amplifies your improvement results, your culture results, and your leadership development all together. Okay. So side note, I got off on a tangent there. Side note, let's come back. So here's what I really wanted to talk to you about. So the anchor leader mindset has parallels that you can see to my work. So do you remember the four P's to leading excellence? Um, if you don't, there's uh, like, I don't know, four episode, four podcast episodes about it. So we'll put those in the show notes. You can go and find those, those episodes. But um, so think of a circle with four quadrants in it. And the right side of that circle has two quadrants, which are purpose and participation. And the left side of the circle has two quadrants, which are performance and progression. And in the middle, there is a heart. Right. This is like an actual red heart <laughs> right in the middle where all four where all four of those intersect. Um, and that's really a heart for people. So if I were to connect the dots for this, if I were to show to draw these parallels, I would say that lead with the servant's heart is like the heart in the middle of my 4P model. And I would say that lead with reach kind of aligns with that right side of the circle, right? So um with purpose and participation and how we're uh, really interacting with people and treating people and all that. Then lead with purpose in the anchor leader mindset really aligns with the left side of the circle where we talk about performance and progression and systematic improvement. And, you know, what Dave would say, having a point A and a point B and having productive conflict to move the organization forward and all of that. Now, of course, I don't use the, the 4P model with anchor because I just said, right, I want to integrate and I want to customize and I want it to, to use your work with when I work with my clients. Um, so we don't want to distract. But I wanted to draw that parallel for you as a podcast listener, because there's so much really alignment there. And I didn't see it like I remember like, oh, my goodness, look, this goes to here and this goes to here. <laughs> this is all basically the same thing. So think about for you and your organization, um, what are some of those, uh, whether it's, you know, a lot of organizations have like the anchor way, the Toyota way, the, you know, whatever it might be, the insert na organization name way. Um, so, so whether it's like kind of this operating model, or it might be um, your guiding principles, or it might be, um, you know, some core, not just core values, but a how, like you might have your house, right? A lot of organizations have a house that they've done, you know, again, off that um, Toyota house, right? Whatever it is, think about what is there already. What are the things that your organization has already? And are there any parallels to the four P's of leading excellence? What parallels do you think might be there for you? What do you think might be missing? What do you think you love about it? What's the, what's the part what's the, where it's too much and you need to narrow? If you were to narrow, where were you going to narrow? 
So that would be something to be really interesting. If you want to take this further, if you kind of listen to Dave talk about the anchor leader mindset that really drives everything about how they develop leaders and how they select leaders and all of that work. So if that is their guiding anchor leader mindset, it'd be interesting if you want to think explore that for your own organization. What is that for your organization? What already exists? And what do you think about what already exists? All right. So that's it for today. Thanks for hanging in there and and sticking around for the whole episode. Um, Join us next week. We continue our executive series for Q4. You're going to hear from Kelly Ogunsanya at Stride Community Health. And it's a fantastic conversation. Absolutely loved every second of it. So you definitely want to tune in next week. Until then.